the Latin tongue. She wanted to answer him. She wanted him to keep talking, each syllable out of those works of art he had for lips, crooned in that intoxicating voice, was lulling her back to oblivion, this time a blissful one. His face filled her field of vision. She could see every shard of gold among the emerald, moss and caramel that swirled into a luminous color she was certain she'd never seen, except in his eyes. She wanted to stab her fingers into the lushness of his raven mane, cup that leonine head, bring him even closer so she could pour over every strand's hue and radiance. She wanted to trace each groove and slash and plane that painted his face in complexity, wanted to touch each radiation of character. This was a face mapped with anxiety and responsibility and distinction. She wanted to absorb the first, ease the second, and marvel at the third. She wanted those lips against her own, mastering, filling her with the tongue that wrapped around those words and created such magic with them. She knew she shouldn't be feeling anything like that now, that her body wasn't up to her desires. Her body knew that but didn't acknowledge its incapacitation. It just needed him, close, all that maleness and bulk and power, all that tenderness and protection. She craved this man. She'd always craved him. Sibylle, por Dios, say something. It was the raggedness tearing at the power of his voice that stirred her out of her hypnosis forced her vocal cords to tauten, propelled air out of her lungs through them to produce the sound he demanded so anxiously. I can hear you. That came out an almost soundless rasp. From the way he tilted his ear toward her mouth, it was clear he wasn't sure whether she had produced sound, or if he'd imagined it, whether it had been words, or just a groan. She tried again. I'm uh, awake, I think. I hope, uh, and I hope you're real. She couldn't say anything more. Fire lanced in her throat, sealing it with a molten agony. She tried to cough up what felt like red-hot steel splinters before they burnt through her larynx. Her sand-filled eyes gushed tears, ameliorating their burning dryness. Sibylle, and he was all around her. He raised her, cradled her in the curve of a barricade of heat and support, seeping warmth into her frozen, quivering bones. She sank in his power, surrendered in relief as he cupped her head. Don't try to talk any more. You are intubated for long hours during your surgery, and your larynx must be sore. Something cool touched her lips then something warm and spicily fragrant lapped at their parched seam. Not his lips or his tongue, a glass and a liquid. She instinctively parted her lips, and the contents rushed in a gentle flow, filling her mouth. When she didn't swallow, he angled her head more securely. It's a brew of anise and sage. It will soothe your throat. He'd anticipated her discomfort, had been ready with a remedy. But why was he explaining? She would swallow anything he gave her. 
if she could without feeling as if nails were being driven into her throat. But he wanted her to. She had to do what he wanted. She squeezed her eyes against the pain, swallowed. The liquid slid through the rawness, its peppery tinge bringing more tears to her eyes. That lasted only seconds. The soreness subsided under the balmy taste and temperature. She moaned with relief, feeling rejuvenated with every encouraging sweep of tenderness that his thumb brushed over her cheek as she finished the rest of the glass's contents. Better now? The solicitude in his voice, in his eyes, thundered through her. She shuddered under the impact of her gratitude, her need to hide inside him, dissolve in his care. She tried to answer him, but this time it was emotion that clogged her throat. But she had to express her thoughts.